Hello, friends, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. I was in New York a couple weeks ago. I had the opportunity to watch the solar eclipse from a rooftop bar in midtown Manhattan. That was pretty sweet. Then, as I usually do when I visit New York City, I met up with my friend, colleague, and occasional co-host of this show, Ryan Sprague. Obviously, we took the opportunity to bust out microphones and record our conversation for your entertainment. This is a crossover episode of sorts because the conversation featured on this episode is also included on Ryan's Somewhere in the Skies podcast. You'll hear that in just a minute. But first, let me mention one recent news story. Astronomers detected mysterious repeating radio signals from an unknown source in a dwarf galaxy 3 billion light years away. The detection was made by scientists involved with the Breakthrough Listen initiative using the Green Bank Telescope in West Virginia. If you're not familiar with the Breakthrough initiatives, it's something that was started back in 2015 by billionaire technology investor Yuri Milner. Stephen Hawking and Mark Zuckerberg are also at the helm of this project with Milner which they describe as the, quote, most powerful, comprehensive, and intensive scientific search ever undertaken for signs of intelligent life beyond Earth. The project also features a management and advisory committee that includes many of the top minds in astrobiology and the search for extraterrestrial life. On August 26th, scientists detected 15 repeating fast radio bursts. Now, we've heard a lot about FRBs in recent years. These are brief, bright pulses of radio emissions from distant galaxies. They've been detected several times by radio telescopes around the world. FRBs have been detected from this same area before, and it's been a targeted area by scientists because the radio signals originating from this faraway dwarf galaxy is repeating. The press release issued by Breakthrough Initiatives explains, quote, Attempts to understand the mechanism that generates FRBs have made this galaxy a target of ongoing monitoring campaigns by instruments across the globe. Possible explanations for FRBs range from outbursts from rotating neutron stars with extremely strong magnetic fields to more speculative ideas that they are directed energy sources used by extraterrestrial civilizations to power spacecraft. Andrew Simeon, director of the Berkeley SETI Research Center, tells National Geographic, quote, We agree with the majority of the astronomical community that the likelihood of ET being involved in this source is low, but the source is nevertheless very mysterious. He continues, quote, We know, without a doubt, that the universe is capable of giving rise to technologically capable life. We would be remiss as scientists to exclude this possibility a priori. I absolutely love that statement. It's something I've said many times before. It's something I stress in my book, too. Yes, there are indeed plenty of mainstream scientists out there who are open to the idea of intelligent extraterrestrial life and even extraterrestrial UFOs. But there are also many who give the extraterrestrial possibility zero consideration, 
writing it off immediately as a ridiculous notion unworthy of scientific exploration. That in itself is unscientific. I'll save my rant on that topic for another time. Breakthrough Initiative says that the newly acquired data related to these fast radio bursts will be described in further detail in an upcoming scientific journal article. All right, as promised, here is my conversation with Ryan Sprague. We are together in New York. This is awesome. We, I was very surprised when we were actually able to make it happen. You know, I'm leaving for Los Angeles in two days, and you just happen to be here one of the days I'm free. Just so. happen to be here, and I just happen to I'll be in L.A. in a couple of days from now. So Absolutely. We'll cross paths again. This is crazy. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. No, but we try to do this like every time I come to New York, and it doesn't always work out. It sometimes works out, and I think the last time we did a podcast in New York, we got nice and drunk together. So We were very drunk. Maureen was there as yes, well. Yes, yes, she was. We so. attended the uh, New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con, that's that right. That was pretty awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that was when, um, wasn't that when you guys met Jillian Anderson? Well, I wouldn't say met, but yeah. we, we certainly got, <laughs> got a photo with her. Yeah. But, man. Yeah, no, th- those things are, are weird, and you always want to, like, Strike up a conversation, yeah. obviously. And I was wearing a t-shirt with a big alien head on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, come on. I want to talk to Jillian about aliens because I know she's into it. But no, you're like herded like cattle. They're all next. You go yeah. in there, wrap your arm around her photo, and you're pushed off. It's so awkward. Yeah, you know, it's I, really I, awkward. And I'm sure it's awkward for them. I, I mean, say, you yeah. know how it is. On a, on a very small scale, you know, we experience that sometimes too at conferences mm-hmm. where people want to come up and have photos and get, get autographs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very, very flattering, but it gets exhausting, too. Right. Like, where you just have this stream of people, and after a while, you know, you're writing the same inscription or saying the same thing, or, you know, it just gets repetitive, and you're right. all, okay. You start thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. Exactly. You're all, all right, next, 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 move on. I want to get out of here and get to the bar. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's... I feel bad. It's not fair to the people who want to meet you and want to have a meaningful conversation with you. Mm -hmm. But after a while, just lines of people, it wears on you. So I get it. I get it too. And I, I always go back to, um, when I met David Duchovny, Mm. you know, I'd been dreaming about this moment for, you know, practically my whole life since X-Files came out. And he was doing a off Broadway play here in New York. And I, was so excited it was by my favorite playwright starring like my favorite actor and i was so excited the play went on and the last moment of the play i specifically remember it's a moment where duchovny is supposed to like be shaking his fist at god and it's powerful and it's supposed to be this big moment and you could tell there's supposed to be like a super quick blackout yeah and to play um so he does it, you know, he's all revved up, he does his last line, and the lights never go out. Oh, no. So he's just standing there <laughs> in the spotlight doing his last line, and then he just sort of, you know, slowly puts uh, his hands down, kind of looks around, and <laughs> just walks off stage. It was so awkward. Oh, that's The awful. audience didn't know whether to clap yeah. or not. We didn't know if the play was over. Yeah. Um, it was What's just one happening? of those moments. It was clear what was supposed to happen. Oh, that's too bad. So afterwards I brought my, you know, my 
big X-Files book to get signed by him, my I Want to Believe poster. I had this, you know, this fantasy in my head that he'd be like, oh, you're a true X-Files yeah. fan. Of course I'm going to stop and talk to you. Yeah. Um, so I go out there, and there's a just a shit ton of middle-aged women waiting to meet him from Californication. Yep. And uh, I see him coming down the hallway, so I open the door for him. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is my inn, mm-hmm. holding the door for him. Brushes right past me. You could tell he was in a shit mood because the play did not go so yeah. well. He, like, scribbled in one person's book and got in his car and Aww. left. So my heart was just crushed. Yeah. Like, you have, you have these expectations of, celebrities or people that you want to meet they've been such a big part of your life and then you have to realize like sometimes they just have off nights yeah or sometimes they just don't want to stand there and talk for hours yeah exactly you know they don't they don't necessarily owe that to anyone that's right you know they he did his job he did the play Mm -hmm. he could go home if he wants yeah you know so i i feel like those moments are tough so um, I'm glad you guys got to get a photo with Jillian, but also at the same time, uh, it doesn't surprise me that you didn't have like an hour to chat or anything like that. And, you know, to be fair to her, I'm sure if it were up to her, she, because she's a nice person, she would have entertained some conversation, but it's always the handlers, mm-hmm. you know, you're at the mercy of. So, you know, when they're pushing you along, you, you've got to follow the rules. So that's, that's a good point. So you just... Follow the the orders that are being barked at you, and she like <laughs> smiled politely and nodded. And I thought, okay, well, it was what it was. I enjoyed it. That was that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Oh, we might add that we are currently drinking UFO beer. Jason yes. was nice enough to purchase this for the two of us. Yes, we are drinking UFO beer. We are big fans of UFO beer. If you haven't had UFO beer, it's made by Harpoon Brewery. Um, they have a UFO line. Many flavors. Um, what do we got? Raspberry? Raspberry, Huckleberry, um, Hefeweizen, and a white ale. Oh, it's so good. So, yeah. Fantastic beer. We love UFO. So, thank you, UFO beer. <laughs> Brought to you by UFO beer. Maybe. If they want to sponsor us, we'd certainly <laughs> welcome a UFO sponsorship. But. So, yeah. Um, I guess this is a good time for any of my listeners who aren't familiar with you, Jason, which I find hard to believe. But, um... Let's, I guess, maybe dive into how we got connected. Um, how did how did our relationship blossom? Absolutely. So it started in a lucid dream I had one night <laughs> when I had a raging boner. At, no, okay, that that wasn't the actual story. So I am not cutting that out. I'm not saying that didn't happen, but so the way you and I were introduced, this goes back to Open Minds days, mm-hmm. and uh, we had launched the Open Minds magazine. For those of you not aware, Open Minds was a internationally distributed print magazine. I don't remember how many years we put that out, but it was out for a few years and distributed around the world and, in my opinion, was the best UFO magazine ever. Absolutely. I was but, a total uh, fanboy. But, uh, yeah, so we were looking for writers, and we happened to come across a gentleman by the name of Ryan Sprague who was uh, very interested in writing for the magazine. So, <laughs> Maybe a little too interested. So <laughs> we, we took a chance on Ryan and... Uh, that is a fantastic mistake we made. So uh, <laughs> the, the, since gone the, be- the best mistake we've ever made. No, no, and that's that's uh, that's how Ryan and I met. And then uh, you know we, Maureen and I interviewed on interviewed you on Spacing Out. Yes, and uh, yeah, our relationship blossomed and flourished, and it's been pretty awesome. You yeah. know, you when you get involved in the UFO topic, I don't think you really think about 
what could come of that. Yeah. It's not just searching for answers to these questions we all have, but you meet people along the way and you make friends. Yeah. It, it is a community. Yeah. And sometimes that community can be pretty uh, fractured, pretty um, sad at times, but there are also those moments when you make, I think, lifelong friends. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with you, me, Maureen. Yeah, you uh, have those connections people. pretty fast. I mean, you can get a, get a good, good read on people. Um, especially in this field, and you know, you can tell when you're you're generally aligned with somebody. Yeah, you get you get a good feel for people pretty fast. And with you, I don't know, I I, I can't speak for you, but I know for me, we seem to click pretty fast. Yeah. So you know, just from the the first time we started working together, I, I knew that uh, we were pretty well aligned, and you know, then we became lifelong friends. Yeah, and I mean, we have other interests as well. You know, we we both like love music yeah the punk the punk scene yeah uh the ska scene all these different things you know and um, ufo beer brought to you by ufo beer brought to you by ufo beer once again yes um but yeah no i i sort of i when i learned about open minds and that there was an actual company yeah that was doing ufo work i knew i had to be a part of it somehow in yeah. any small way that's when oh, i started yeah. volunteering at the conferences yeah. you know spending 12 hours a day behind a dark curtain you know with <laughs> headphones on yep um, and you the know glamorous as, life of ufo conference oh yeah big time <laughs> you know getting that pee break in between each speaker if you're lucky uh, yeah if you're lucky <laughs> uh but i wouldn't have traded it for the world yeah it was i got to see so many interesting people give talks that you know the mainstream will never see. And uh, while that's sad, it makes me feel very special that yeah. I got to like experience that. I got to see Bob Lazar in the f- flesh. You got to got put to the put fucking microphone, microphone on Bob Lazar. Yeah, that's it was awesome. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are the moments yeah. that I'll never forget. That's right. You know? And we've had many of those, I feel, throughout the years as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking about conferences, you just got back from a conference, right? In Nova Scotia? Nova Scotia. Wow. Canadian yeah. UFO conference. That's something <laughs> I have not done. So how was that experience? It was incredible. Yeah? I, I didn't know quite what to expect. Uh, I was speaking on a topic that I am definitely not an expert in, and that's you know the Bermuda Triangle and triangles, other triangles throughout yeah. the world. I'd written briefly about it in an article for uh, Jim Harold, mm-hmm. and uh, someone caught wind of it at this con- at this you know small town in Nova Scotia, and they're like, "Why don't you talk about this?" Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" Um, so um, I got out of my comfort zone. I did uh, extensive research, and I was able to find five other mysterious triangles throughout the world nice. uh, that had similar incidents that happened uh, similar to the Bermuda Triangle. Planes hmm. crashing, ships disappearing, people vanishing, uh, cryptids, UFOs, everything you can possibly think of. Um, I made some connections, uh, but uh, for the most part, it was more about um, how we sort of shape these mysteries into a triangle. Okay. You know, when one weird thing happens somewhere, oh, well, it's between this town, this town, and this town. It's a triangle. So I think we we do have the Bermuda Triangle to thank for that. Every small town Hmm. wants their own triangle. Yeah. Um, So it is more of a sociological study at that point, I think, which I found just as intriguing, and that's kind of what I brought forward in the talk. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think as humans, we tend to force things on things that aren't necessarily there. Um, 
one thing I'm thinking of in particular is our friend Chuck Zukowski and something you recently talked about, the Paranormal Highway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, looking at a line, a parallel line, uh, a line of latitude, you know, where mysterious things happen to fall along this point of line across the country. They just so happen to line up perfectly on this line. They don't actually, you know, some of it's a stretch. But is there something there? There certainly could be, because when you look at it, when you hear the evidence, you hear, um, you know, what he's identified, you're all, well, there could be something to that. Why look at that? Area 51's right on that. Interesting. But, you know, who knows? Who knows if we're, you know, just forcing that, Forcing something that doesn't exist, mm-hmm. you know, onto something that makes sense to us, or is there something genuinely there? That is a wonderful point. And I think that's a good way to look at it in terms of you have all these people who talk about ley lines, yeah. you know, like, oh, it falls on mm-hmm. this. Right. It's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. I think we tend to want to simplify things, mm-hmm. put them in a box. Uh, you and I deal with this in the UFO field a lot, that the only answer for UFOs is aliens. Sure. And we both know that that probably, I shouldn't say we know, um, we, we're, not, we're not only keen to the ETH, the extraterrestrial mm-hmm. hypothesis. Sure. There could be a million different reasons for right. UFOs in the sky, mm-hmm. under the water, well, wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but for so long, when people think of UFOs, they think of aliens. Right. And I think that's... That's extremely limiting, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get people away from that. Right. Every TV show, you know, wants you to think it's aliens. Right. And uh, we're here saying, look, it could be something else. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough thing, and it's it's tough to get people to understand that, and especially people in the UFO field, you know, because a, a lot of – there's a lot of belief there, you know, a lot of wanting to believe um, – that there are extraterrestrials, and not just that there are extraterrestrials, but the mysterious things we're seeing in the sky are, are courtesy of extraterrestrials. Mm. That is certainly a possibility, and I always want to stress to people that that is definitely a possibility. But, you know, if we're responsible in looking at this stuff, and we're saying that 95% of all UFO sightings can be explained, you know, in those 95% of UFOs, a lot of that stuff is, you have to remember, those are things that people are seeing and reporting as UFOs or things that, you know, they don't recognize in the sky. Mm-hmm. So even some of those and, and the remaining 5% could be extraterrestrial, but they could also be some of those things that are identified in the 95%. But things in the sky can look super weird <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff up there that, on a day-to-day basis, we're not used to seeing. So, you know, people get tired of hearing things explained away as Chinese lanterns. But Chinese lanterns aren't something that everybody sees in the sky every day. Yeah. When you see a Chinese lantern in the sky, it looks weird. Yeah. When you see a rocket launch in the sky, it looks weird. When you have certain um, environmental, you know, weather conditions yeah. with clouds or whatever the situation might be, that's going to affect how something appears in the sky. Mm-hmm. So... You might say, oh, I've seen a rocket launch, and it didn't look like that. Well. That was one rocket launch. That was one rocket launch. You could have different situations. Yeah. There's so many variables. There's so many variables that happen all the time. And, you know, blimps, weather balloons, uh, missiles, you know, all sorts of things Mm -hmm. that are happening in the sky. Um, You know, you have skydivers with flares on their feet. You know, airplanes that 
There are specific companies and specific skydiving companies who specialize in doing nighttime dives with flares and fireworks and stuff to create these nighttime effects. Which that's is pretty what they freaking do, cool. And it looks awesome. Yeah. And that's but a, again, it's not something you see all the time. So it, when you see it in the sky, you're, holy shit, that is so bizarre. I've never seen anything do like that. And you say, and I know about those skydivers who have flares on their feet, and they can't go up and do loop-de-loops <laughs> and stuff, so it can't be skydivers. Yeah. But there are plane companies that specialize in that, too. So it's just, you know, there's a lot out there that people, people in the general public aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. that exists, and it's not something you see on a day-to-day basis. So when you do see it, it's fucking weird, and you're going to go, holy shit, that's a UFO. Yeah. But there's just a lot that people aren't accustomed to seeing. Yeah. So, you know, people get really excited when they see weird stuff, and I know I'm guilty of it too. Like, being in the UFO field, seeing everything that I've seen for so many years, like, I'm still guilty of that. When I see something that immediately in my mind that I don't have an explanation for, I get giddy. I'm a schoolboy. I'm jumping up and down. I'm like, aliens! But, you know, you have to step back and understand that there is a lot there that has rational explanation. But at the same time, knowing that, and I have to tell myself this, but knowing everything I know and being able to identify everything I can identify, I always have to remind myself, That just because I see something and I think I know what it is, that's just my opinion. That's my thought at the time based on the information that I have. It doesn't rule out aliens. That's still a possibility. The key here is to be open to possibilities and you can still, unless you can absolutely write it off, you can always entertain that extraterrestrial possibility. Yeah, that is a wonderful point. I mean, well, let's take, for instance, the... When I was at this conference uh, this past weekend, we did a ghost hunt, and it was something I'd never done before. Okay. Uh, and I will admit, I don't necessarily – not big on ghosts. I, I've never had really uh, anything I would consider a legitimate paranormal experience, which is interesting. You have to go ghost hunting with me. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I – I will believe in aliens. I believe in UFOs. But, like, when it comes to ghosts, I don't know if it's a fear of believing in it. But um, so I was really closed off when we went to do this ghost hunt. And I think that that has a lot to do with it, too. Like, if you're closed off immediately to something, if you're that skeptical, even if something legitimate or genuinely uh, paranormal or just anomalous happened, uh, you just would brush it off or, you know, find some sort of prosaic answer for it. But I will tell you, there are things that happened at that ghost hunt that completely changed. Like, I wouldn't say my beliefs, but completely swayed me the other way. That something really weird happened. Um, I felt, I smelled, I saw, and I experienced things that were not normal yeah. and were foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, and that was pretty pretty life-altering, I'd say. And it happened within, like, five seconds. Yeah, that's and awesome. And that changed everything for me. That's awesome. Um, I'm not saying I'm, like, <laughs> going to go out and go sun and start talking to spirits. Right. Um, I think that's another thing we have to keep in mind. When you have these experiences, they're extremely personal. Mm-hmm. And your tuner, whatever that may be, if it's in your heart, in your brain, in your perception of what you're experiencing, uh, 
that's you. That's only you. That doesn't account for everyone else in the room and what they're experiencing right. in that moment. So I well, think that's interesting, too. We run, in that, run into that with the UFO field, too. People see something in the sky. One person sees one thing. One hears another. One yeah. sees this. It's, it's interesting. And that's something that I've definitely seen and experienced firsthand with, with ghost hunts is just how how different it is for everybody. You know, I've been in the same room standing right next to somebody who has experienced something and I guess two people next to me experienced the same thing and nobody else in this room of like 15 people experienced the same thing. Or what are you talking about? But that happens Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a common thing where it's just isolated to certain people for some reason. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating but. I could go off on all sorts of tangents with ghosts, though. I get so upset with ghosts and ghost hunting. And uh, like with UFOs, man, I mean, there's a lot of assumption that goes on. Yeah. You know, and with ghosts, like, number one, I think a lot of people who do ghost hunts are very, I don't know. If I were a ghost, I would be offended at how, like, ghost hunters talk down to ghosts. Like, they're, like, juveniles or something. Like, move this pencil. or, Or, like, we're not here to harm you. Now, this thing in front of me is so you can tell us you're here. If you're here, <laughs> would you please make it light up? Like, seriously. Yeah. If you really think these are, you know, people who died and, you know, or adults and whatever, like, talk to them like adults. Right. Like, stop being demeaning. Stop treating them like children. Like, have a normal conversation with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And say, look, hey, we're here. We know you're dead, whatever. Yeah. Um, we'd love to, like, have interaction with you. You know, we have a recorder here. You know, if you talk, we'll be able to hear you later. We can't hear you right now for whatever reason. But uh, if you would have a conversation, say that, and we'll hear it later. That'd be cool. Thanks. <laughs> but, like, talk to them like normal people. Right. And also, the people who usually say, like, we're not here to hurt you, they're the ones who are the pussies. You know, they're the ones who are going to freak out and run away if anything the happens. Like, they're yeah. saying that, and they're worried the ghosts are going to hurt them. Like, <laughs> like, we're not going to hurt you. What are you going to do to a ghost? Give me That's a break. A good point. I, you know, I mean, it's got to be just kind of really annoy the ghosts. They're all, really? Did you just say that? <laughs> You're not here to hurt me? <laughs> you you got to wonder if aliens are thinking the same thing, you know, in exactly. terms of like SETI when exactly. we're trying to like, right? communicate with them. It's like, come on. Well, and, and again, with ghosts, like, we're just assuming these things are quote unquote ghosts. Like, who's to say they're not aliens? Yeah. Like, People in the UFO world love to talk about interdimensional beings and all this stuff. Like, we're talking about the unknown, things that we don't know. Mm -hmm. We're encountering these mysterious things, things that we can't explain, things that we don't really understand. We kind of understand some of the interactions we have with them and, and, you know, what other people have said. But how do we really know that they're ghosts? They're spirits of dead people. Like, Mm -hmm. could they be interdimensional beings or, you know, aliens who are here who are, like, cloaked like the Predator? Like, what are they? We don't know. But, you know, we're interacting with something that is not us, that's something mysterious. And so, I don't know. Could it be Bigfoot? I mean, it could be, like, all all sorts of things, you know? So, to, like, put everything in that one pile of ghost, you know, that's weird to me. Just like where, I mean, we we like to compartmentalize things and put things in nice packages, you know, just like people with UFOs. We like to think that UFOs are are extraterrestrial, and we like to think that aliens are either all good or all bad, you know. We want to put a label on something and have it be consistent. Yeah. 
And it's never that way. No. And I don't think if we ever find an answer, let's say, to the UFO mystery, um, that (laughs) it's going to be that easy. You know, it absolutely can't be. Certainly, yeah. if it's not, you know, the the narrative we're we're trying to put together, you know, and that the universe is vast and there's an infinite, you know, infinite life out there, all sorts of varying uh, communities and types of life, and you know, all of their motives and interests and things are going to be different, mm-hmm. just among individual civilizations. I mean, again, when we talk about astrobiology and extraterrestrial life and intelligent extraterrestrial life, we are basing that off of life as we know it and what we understand as life and civilizations and communities um, because we have nothing else to base it on. Mm -hmm. So we're using human ideas and putting that on something else that's most likely not going to be human at all or human-like, but that's what we have to base things on. Yeah. So we look at that, and just using that as an example, looking at humanity, obviously there's so much variation with humans, let alone countries and cultures and all of that. Mm -hmm. We're all different. We all have different interests. We all have different motives for doing whatever we do. So I don't – I will never understand why people have a difficult time grasping that or yeah. fixating on the question of are aliens good or are they bad? Mm. Like, I think the easy answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. Like, if they're not just like the Borg, you know, a collective mind, like, they're going to be different. And we like to believe that there are, you know, all sorts of a multitude of races and civilizations out there. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's going to be a lot of everything. Yeah. So the reason for being here, you know, are aliens coming to eat us? Are they coming to take our resources? Are they coming to be friends? Are they coming to warn us of nuclear war? What are they doing? Yes. Yeah. All of that. Like, you know, if there really are all these civilizations out there that are able to travel through space and are visiting Earth like, I think the answer is yes to all of that. Yeah. I think it's a bit of everything. Yeah. That's a great point. I mean, we we have, like, the contactee movement back in the 60s and 70s preaching, you know, that these aliens are here to stop nuclear war, to help the environment. And it's like, really? Really? They came from vast distances. They have no idea how to communicate with us. They, you know, th- their makeup is completely different. Their ethical scale could be non-existent. And they're going to come here to be like... You need to stop putting candy wrappers on the lawn. That's another one of my pet peeves, dude. So same thing, same problem I have with ghosts and like ghost hunting shows and in horror movies too. Like just the issue with communication. Like in horror movies, you always see it with ghosts. Like they'll like mumble and make noises and grunt and groan and freak people out and do all sorts of questionable things. And then in the end, they'll finally like communicate with somebody and tell them what they really want. They're like trying to get help to resolve certain issues they have or whatever. But I always scream at the TV and well, if you can talk, use your words, Mm -hmm. like be more effective in in your communication. You have the ability to communicate, communicate, tell us what you want. Why are you here and what you want us to do? Mm -hmm. So my thing with, with aliens and people who say that, you know, aliens come to them and, deliver an important message to them like we need you to spread the word that you know humans need to change because they're going to ruin the earth all right so 
here we are. The same people who say this are the people who believe that aliens are vastly superior technologically and can communicate telepathically and, you know, these higher beings. They decide it's the best course of action to go to one asshole in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and deliver this important message and say, all right, now it's on you. (laughs) Save the world. Like, really? No. If they have the ability to communicate and they have this vast technology and they can communicate telepathically, why don't they broadcast a message? Like, tell everybody. Like, they have the ability, but they don't. So either they're assholes or they don't have the ability. (laughs) I don't get it. It's the oldest story in human history, yeah. you know, giving this message to one person to spread amongst the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Christianity. That's yeah. all it's based on, right. is putting this on one man's shoulders yeah. to spread the word. Yeah. Um, so, again, that whole idea of belief system comes mm-hmm. in. A lot of people believe that ufology is nothing but a religion, and at times... I can't argue that. Mm-hmm. I try to defend that it is not, that there is a extremely rigorous scientific approach by some within ufology. Mm-hmm. There's a philosophical approach. There's a psychological approach. Um, but a lot of it is does rest on belief. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and in a way, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Yes, it does. But it doesn't have to be to the extreme of... of religion and that component does exist yeah yeah it's there but yeah i mean when we're when we're completely honest with ourselves yes when it comes down to it a big portion of this does rest on belief Mm -hmm. and you know what i'm fine with that yeah but that keeps me going you know we're we're looking for for evidence for that proof for the thing to to convince us of of new things and you know more than just just stories or things that are told to us by other people mm-hmm. so you know we're on that quest you know and that's a quest we'll be on forever um but it's having that belief that keeps us going on that path yeah and not being content with that belief you know understanding that that belief is just a belief and those beliefs can change and I think that's a, a problem with, with many people is they are ingrained in the beliefs because they've been told certain things and anything that comes after that, that conflicts with what they've been told. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's wrong and they're not going to change their beliefs. Yeah, and we live, at least here in America right now, in a time where your belief is not going to be changed mm-hmm. on certain topics, whether mm-hmm. you're looking at it politically or anything else, uh, people, you're not going to change anyone's mind on certain things. And we we live in such extremes right now in this country, which is scary. Uh, You know, it's pretty scary. Um, But I I think the same could be said for the field of ufology. You know, even if you have an explanation for something, uh, someone is going to come up and say, no. No, I know the truth. Yeah. I know it was a blue avian alien bird that came and gave me a message. Yeah. You know? And you're not going to change their mind. That's right. You're simply not. That's right. Yeah, and it's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, and you, you don't need to try. Like, people, some people have made up their minds, and that's how it's going to be. <laughs> My and mind is made up. That's right. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you move on. You know, I, I decided a long time ago that, you know, it's not my job to... to preach to anybody or change anybody's mind you know i'm happy to relay the information that that i find that i uncover 
um, present the news to people and let people make up their own minds. That's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not my job to, to tell people how to think or to change their minds. That's all on them. And, you know, it's, it's really a, a humanity issue um, with deciding to believe things. People generally want to be told how to think, frankly. And that's, you know, why people gravitate toward religion or political parties or football teams or, you know, <laughs> we, we, that's, that's just how we are as humans. You know, we, we decide what team we're going to be on or team we're going to root for, and that's it. Yeah. We we drive in and we support them till the end. So Right. And then when you're that far in, that deep, that's you know, right. it, it's you don't want to turn back that That's now. right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Ma- majority of people, you know, are not going to be that person who, you know, wants to take that hit mm-hmm. and doesn't want to, you know, admit, "Hey, I was wrong." <laughs> yeah. I reevaluated and yeah, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, we can look at someone like, I know someone we both find uh, as a pretty good hero, and that's Stanton Friedman. You know, for so long, this man has been touting the MJ-12 documents as being authentic. <laughs> yeah. And he's so far into his life yeah. and his career and his age yeah. that he, there's no turning back for him. Right. Now. He's never going to come out and say, Oh, yeah. that's right. They're complete bullshit. Yeah. He's never going to come out and say it. Yeah. And nobody expects him to at this mm-hmm. point in his life. The yeah. dude's in his 80s, um, you know, still, you know, witty and sharp as a tack. Yeah. But at the same time, stubborn as hell. Yep. And convinced that these things were real, the yeah. MJ-12 documents. But you, you have to wonder. Or you have someone like Peter Robbins, our good friend, who for years and years defended a person who True. was supposedly involved in a very famous UFO incident and now has had his hand forced and had to admit that he was wrong. Yeah. Um, so you have it on both sides. You have those people who are who find humility in a situation and find that, you know, that truth deep within them to say, I was wrong. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so you have to wonder. You really have to wonder. It, it really comes down to the character of a person. I Absolutely think. it does. And I think that's something important for us all to remember, especially, you know, people as researchers in, in the UFO field, you know, sometimes it it's easy to get frustrated by things happening in in the study of UFOs and the UFO community. But, you know, we have to remember that we're all individuals and we're all different. We all have different personalities, people you know, interact differently, people approach things differently, and people have certain, certainly different levels of humil- humility. Um, and it's easy to get stuck in your ways, and that's just what you're going to do. But ultimately, it comes down to the person. So, yeah, I think it's important to, to remember that, you know, especially for me, I just have to be content with the fact that I am not trying to force ideas on anybody. I am not a preacher or a cult leader or a Stephen Greer. Oops, did I just say that? Yes, I did. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have answers, so don't listen to me. Like, I will just tell you what I know, what I find out, what I learn along the way. Um, but that's it, man. I'm just a guy digging into this like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to present my, as best I can, my objective view of things. And people can take that and do with it what they want. Yeah. And if they don't agree with you, you know, I'm I'm not going to come up to you and say, hey, you're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Damn you know? right. Because you know what? 
I don't know. Like, yeah. you could certainly be right, and I could be completely wrong. That's fantastic, mm-hmm. you know? Good for you. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. But, you know, I'm not going to tell you that, oh, I'm 100% right, and I guarantee it. You know, no, that's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm certainly always open to other possibilities. I will present what I know to the best of my ability. I will present facts and cite my sources, mm-hmm. and that's that. Yeah. I remember when... When my book got released and people started asking me, like, well, you say you interviewed, like, hundreds of people. There had to be some people who were just flat out lying to you, right? Like, was there anyone who you interviewed or talked to who you just flat out thought this was bullshit? Mm. And when I first started talking about the book and the people I interviewed, I wanted so, you know just easily to say, yeah, of course, there were people I thought were just batshit crazy or were lying to my face. But then I really had to sit back and say, you know what? I wasn't there. And I think that's really important too. Whenever someone comes forward and says they had a paranormal experience, a UFO sighting, uh, anything, anything, a psychic premonition, Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't there in the room when it happened. That's right. So I I try to keep that in mind too. uh, As... As the years go on and I get more involved in this field, if we even want to call it that, um, I've become more skeptical, but I've also become more open-minded. So it's just such a juxtaposition. Absolutely. And flow all the time. Absolutely. Um, And I totally get that. I wasn't there. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And yeah, you and I are, are aligned definitely on that. So... For those of you who don't know, one of the main reasons that I became a fanboy of Mr. Jason McClellan here was a web series he had called Spacing Out. And this was sponsored through Open Minds. Yeah, so this is something that uh, Maureen Ellsbury and I put together. I forget what year we started it, but it it started because there was a need. We we were filling a void. So at Open Minds, um, at the time... uh, Our colleague Alejandro Rojas had left the company, and so we no longer had his uh, UFO podcast that he was doing. So we needed a show to fill that. So I was thinking about, you know, just doing another podcast, but I had wanted to launch a web series as well. And I was like, well, we could kill two birds with one stone here and, and do a web series and have that audio be an audio podcast, but also have a web series. So... So that's what we did. We launched Spacing Out. It was essentially a hybrid um, talk show news program um, where we would present recent UFO-related headlines, and we would also have uh, interviews, and we would – Maureen and I would discuss the, the headlines too. So we would present the news in an objective, journalistic fashion, and then we would, after the fact, interject our personal opinions into that. So we tried to separate that, but also have the the talk show element of it, too, with that discussion and discussion with guests. Mm -hmm. So that was the the gist of it, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that show. And that ran for how long? Um, We did that for a couple years, at least. Yeah, Um, yeah, we did more than 100 episodes of that, and... uh, yeah, it was a great, great run and uh, made a lot of contacts through that show. We were also featured on the, the Huffington Post at the time as like one of the top five YouTube channels you're not watching, but yes. you should or something like that. <laughs> so 
And we were invited on at the time Huffington Post had their HuffPost Live, their like 24-hour live streaming mm-hmm. program. Um, so I got to go on that and talk about spacing out. It's pretty cool. I think it's awesome because you don't see often, uh, first of all, younger people talking about UFOs. And second of all, on such a professional level. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't entrenched in this topic and I happened to come across a mini news show on YouTube about UFOs, like, of course I'm going to subscribe. You know, it's just, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. And you don't hear about it that often, right. this, this topic, um, for the younger generation. So I, I thought it was pretty cool that, like, you open this up to people who necessarily may not have ever been interested in UFOs. Yeah. And just were like, ah, oh, this is awesome. It's like 10 minutes long, out of my day, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. And I know, like, you guys had fans, like, come up to you all the time and be like, oh, spacing out, spacing out, what happened, we're spacing out. Yeah. Because the run eventually, unfortunately, did come to an end at one point. Yeah. But you recently announced that spacing out is actually going to be coming back. We did. Yeah. 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 So spacing out is coming back. Probably in September. Okay. That's what I promised anyway. So we'll see if I can hold myself to that promise. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little different, obviously, because Maureen and I are in different states now. Yeah. So she's in Washington and I'm in Arizona. So I've got some logistical things to figure out. Um, And we said we're going to make it a little, little more broad as well. Not strictly focused on UFOs and extraterrestrials. I mean, that will obviously still be the the primary focus of it. But we'll probably open it up to some other paranormal topics as well, because obviously we're both interested in other things, but our our main focus is UFOs and extraterrestrials. So we're still figuring out some of the details, but uh, the plan is to, in September, spacing out will come back. That's awesome. That's the... That's the most important part. It's coming back. I Well, I will be subscribing again. Well, and I have a feeling that uh, you might be involved in one I, way or another. So. I, I think so. I hope so. We'll see uh-huh. how it goes. I'll have to talk to you'll, my people. You'll, you'll be, you'll be uh, sort of in my neighborhood now. So That's true. We'll make doing things easier. That's true. You guys are going to get used to Jason McClellan. Trust me. Once I'm out in L.A., it's not that far. Hop, skip, and a jump. So Damn right. It's, it's a much more of an uh, event when we're able to make it to either New York or Arizona. But yeah. now you know, we're going to be in each other's backyards. So I think that's going to make all the difference. I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. broadening, spacing out to Mm -hmm. other topics, Mm -hmm. what is like, besides UFOs, what is like the next thing you'd really want to dive into with, whether with spacing out or um, other projects, what other things would you want to investigate? I want to investigate fantastic alcohol. Okay. <laughs> not not the answer no, I was expecting. No, 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 not at all. I, I'm, I'm not joking at all, of course. But uh, <laughs> We're doing it right now with UFO Beer. UFO Beer, sponsored by UFO Beer. UFO beer. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, I certainly have, in recent years, explored more paranormal topics. And I do want to, because I have the technology to do it, and you can get technology to do it, and I've had interesting results, um, obviously the, the ghost hunting is fun. I, I, I really enjoy that and have had some, some of the more unexplainable things happen to me with ghost hunting. Okay. That's something that, that I want to do more um, just because 
there is, and that's this, you know, people talk about that, and you know, you and I have both experienced this, where we have television producers like coming to us and basically wanting us to be able to do what ghost hunting shows do, but with UFOs. And you know, well, there's an obvious difference there. It's not the like, same. Yes, on some level, and I tell people this all the time, especially when people say, "Where should I go to see a UFO?" I tell them, uh, "Walk outside and look up." Like. <laughs> If you invest the time, you have the patience, just stare at the sky and you will most likely see something strange because there's all sorts of weird shit just mm-hmm. flying around up there. Like it is there. You just have to spend the time and look. Um, but ghost hunting shows are, are, you know, they're sexy because you've got all sorts of gadgets and you can run around and like, you know, it's good for TV. There's stuff that happens and you can and there's see a it. there. Exactly. You so you've got a, you've a, got a backstory. Yeah. You've got things and, you know, whether or not the stuff they are pushing, you know, is true. You know, whether or not these things that are causing things to happen have anything to do with that history, you don't know. Right. But stuff is happening. There's interesting flashing lights. <laughs> you know, there's, there's stuff going on and potentially stuff to see. Whereas UFOs for a TV show, you know, yes, again, you can see stuff. But it takes a lot longer, a lot more time to invest in a production. And usually production companies aren't going to do that. They're not going to spend an entire day with you while you sit there and stare at the sky hoping for something to show up. Right. Well, and, you know, like this is scientists' biggest argument with UFOs is, of course we want to look into UFOs. Of course we're interested. We have nothing to monitor. Yeah. Once a UFO event happens, it's gone. Yeah. How do we repeat that? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a scientific method right there. Yeah. You so know, there's I no mean, repeatability. I love the the guys with the the UFO tog project. Mm-hmm. You know, they're yes. they're trying to make that happen. Um so was the the group that Leslie Kane's involved with. UFO data. Yes, UFO data. You know, they know that that's lacking and they're trying to fix that by having stations set up with various meters to detect various things, you know, various atmospheric conditions, um, you know, just anything you would want from a scientific standpoint. But, yeah, UFOs are hard, man, because even if you have the best camera technology, you've got all that shit set up, and you happen to just be in the right place at the right time and actually, you know, image one of these things, still you're not going to get much information from that. Yeah. So. it's a good point. So, and, and with ghosts, you know, I mean, you would pretty much have the same stuff to work with, but with ghosts, you don't have to explain it. Mm -hmm. You just go, wow, that was weird shit, (laughs) you know, and that passes. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think I would have the same answer too. Like I would definitely want to experience something paranormal. mm -hmm. Um, but there's so much baggage with that. You yeah. know, I grew up staunch Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my spirituality uh, meant a lot to me at a younger age. Mm-hmm. It's it since I will admit that it is since waned um, in terms of like a dog, dogmatic religion. But um, at the same time, like when I think about UFOs, I'm not thinking, you know, oh, my God, it's Jesus in a UFO. <laughs> But when it really? comes to ghosts, that's all I got. We're, so we're drinking warm beer because uh, we don't have a refrigerator. No refrigerator and no ice machines. Uh, Come on, put- Row Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. Get your yeah. act together. What do you expect? It's a hotel in New York. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I'm lucky we have a room at all. So. I know. <laughs> it's about the size of my apartment. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing ghetto style here. We've got beer with ice. I love it. Such a sin, but I love it. Uh, because yeah. it's UFO beer, sponsored because, by UFO, UFO beer. beer. 
<laughs> yeah. Speaking of sin, yeah. So Jesus on a UFO. I don't necessarily ever connect my spirituality with UFOs, yeah. but I always run into that problem, you know, with sure. ghost shows. Sure. I'm like, oh, man, like, is this an actual spirit? Mm. Is this, like, something that once was? Um, is this higher power, if it's a god, is he allowing them to communicate mm. with us wherever they might be in the afterlife? So there's a lot of baggage that goes, I think, with ghost hunting mm. um, that you bring into it. Sure. Uh but at the same time, like that could be pretty rewarding too. I think that could change your uh, your faith if it were challenged in sure. the wake of a ghost sighting or encounter or experience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't know. I I mean I think more in recent years I've grown more interested in ghost hunting and the ghost aspect because I've started thinking about the nature of ghosts, you know, and the possibility that they could be extraterrestrials or something else. Like just quantum just, physics. Just the fact that, you know, it's such an unknown, but it's something that I've definitely experienced and, you know, can pretty easily experience when I mean I've had pretty good success with it, you know, on ghost hunts. So it's it's rewarding in that sense. And I mean I like to I would like to think that maybe I would come up with some more answers you know, for my own questions and my, my own edification, uh, just by doing more. But, uh, I would also do, I would like to do some, some like camping and, and Bigfoot stuff because again, same question. Like some people think Bigfoot's a ghost, but, uh, you know, other things, Bigfoot's an extraterrestrial. So we're looking at you, Greg Newkirk, <laughs> good old Greg calling him out right yep. now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Kawani Lapsaritis, you know, is a big yeah, U, uh, yeah. Bigfoot researcher. And in fact, when he presented at the UFO Congress, he told us that there were two Bigfoot in the audience and they approved of what he was saying. Yep. So, I mean, Bigfoot, like, has a cloaking device or something and can Absolutely. be invisible. So that's fantastic. So, like, he has that ability. So who's to say, like, when you're ghost hunting and you experience something that's not Bigfoot? Yeah. Like, it's – these things are all intertwined. It's fantastic. But, you know, they're, they're – is the mindset out there um, with many people that Bigfoot could be an extraterrestrial. There is a, a correlation with a lot of UFO sightings and things with Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, based on people who claim to communicate with Bigfoot, you know, Bigfoot's even acknowledged that that is an extraterrestrial. They yeah. are an extraterrestrial species, so. Yeah, and again, like, why have we never found a body of a mm-hmm. Bigfoot? Sure. This is a living, breathing uh ape-like creature why has one never been found Mm -hmm. uh are they immortal do they just wander the woods forever you know um does a cloaking device stay intact forever when they die so when you're just like walking (laughs) and you trip over something that you don't see you're what the hell (laughs) what was that yeah Yeah, that's a good point the the idea that the all these things are intertwined i think is um that's the thing i mean I, i don't understand people who put boxes you know, yeah. on, around things and stay within that box and don't want to touch things. Yeah. And you find that so much in the UFO community. Mm-hmm. They have no interest in ghosts or no interest in Bigfoot. There's just all UFOs. And oh, really? Like, I, I, that's so foreign to me. I, I don't understand that concept because for me, it's all about the mystery of the unknown. You know, this is all fascinating stuff to me. I'm just looking for answers. Mm-hmm. And these things are all mysterious things that, you know, in one way or another, I've determined through my own work that there's something there to look into. Like there's something there that people experience that I've experienced and I don't have an answer for, you know? So 
How do I know they're not related? How do I know what they are even? And I don't know what they are. And that's, that's you know, what's exciting to me. When I spoke at the paranormal conference this past weekend, that was the most exciting thing for me. I was outside of my wheelhouse. Yep. Like, I wasn't at a UFO conference. I wasn't having people saying, you're, no, you got that date wrong. Or, no, that's not right. Mm. This, that, this, that. No, because... A, I was talking about a topic that had uh, seemingly nothing to do with UFOs. Mm -hmm. The more I looked into it, now I'm starting to think it did. Um, But there were people there from all walks of life with all different interests. Just coming to talk, not learn, not preach, but to talk Mm -hmm. and converse, which is really cool. We had a talk about uh, ghost hunting. We had a talk about uh, mysticism. We had one on Oak Island, like the history and, you know, curses of this remote island in Nova Scotia. Really cool. Uh, I talked about Bermuda Triangle. Greg Bishop talked about uh, Roswell. So, like, you had every realm of all these unknowns in one room together. So we weren't there preaching to one another about a UFO case Mm -hmm. or this witness. No, we were all there telling stories about people who just had plain weird shit happen all over the world that could not be explained. And that was really cool. That's really cool. I, I love that. And that's so refreshing. I mean, not to take anything away from UFO conferences because I think they definitely have their place. There's a value for them. They, they serve a purpose, but you know, at the same time, when you're you're presenting there, when you're giving a lecture there, it's a total different vibe because, like you said, you know, you're essentially preaching to the choir, and if you're not, they'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's that audience. Like, they are aware of what you're talking about and, you know, either casually or they consider themselves an expert on it and they're happy to let you know about that and all the places that you're wrong. But, you know, other conferences, paranormal conferences, or just pop culture conferences, I know Maureen and I were just at uh, Denver Comic Con. Oh, yes, and please. And we did an X, X, X-Files panel there about real-life X-Files. And that's it awesome. Packed. It was so packed. They turned people away because there was no room left. Yeah. Like, we thought, you know, maybe a handful of people would come and they would be, you know, there by accident because they thought, like, <laughs> Julian David Anderson and David Duchovny would be there. <laughs> but... Like, we walked up there, and we're all, holy shit, there's, a, like, a waiting room, and people have this line coming out the door. Like, this is kind of freaky. But it was awesome. And those people were awesome. They were so engaged. And this is just the general public, you know? It's not your typical UFO crowd or the UFO community. Mm-hmm. This is just pop culture people, like, who love X-Files but are also into paranormal stuff and wanted to hear about, like, real stories. And yeah. so we talked about, you know, military involvement and UFO investigations and... Uh, talk some Skinwalker Ranch and talk some, you know, CIA mind exploration studies yeah. and mind warfare. Um, but these people were just eating it up. And at the end, like, we left time for Q&A. And usually at UFO conferences, you don't want to do that because that's opening yourself up to a can of worms. <laughs> but uh, no, this was great. People asked so many great questions. And we talked about, like, the... We mentioned the Montauk monster from a few years ago, mm-hmm. and there was this little little kid. I don't know how old he was, but at the end, it might have been a girl. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. But 
they ask at the end, like, what was the name of that monster? <laughs> and they Aww. wanted to, like, look it up. So this is adorable. But, you know, these people were great. They asked great questions. They were engaged. And after afterwards, a lot of people came up and talked to us and asked us questions, like, just to us. And mm-hmm. so it was fantastic. It was a, a really, really great reception. And I love talking to crowds like that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people do. You know, that's why I don't think a lot of people know. But Travis Walton, you know, does a lot of Comic-Cons and things. He goes to, like, Dragon Con and some other things like yeah. that. Um, and there's some other researchers who do that too. I know Chuck Zukowski goes to some of them. Um, he was at San Diego Comic Con a couple of years ago. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean they're they're totally different vibes. But you know I love them because as you know, and you know you're in the same boat, man. When I do this, when I talk to people, when I uh, try to inform people about these topics, like I have no interest in preaching to the choir. Yeah, and. That that's not my target audience. I love people in the UFO community. I do. Don't get me wrong. Those are my peeps. But <laughs> you know, my goal is to reach pop culture, the general public, the people who generally genuinely have an interest in this stuff. Because pretty much everybody does. You just need to present the information to them, mm-hmm. and you know they don't really get it other than garbage things like ancient aliens. Sorry, right. dudes, right. but. Yeah, like ancient aliens, that's like their view into UFOs. Everyone. Everyone you know? who I tell what I do, they're like, oh, like ancient aliens? Yeah. No, yeah. not like ancient aliens. So, I mean, they want to hear the stuff. They don't want to see, you know, the, the bullshit that, you know, all those yeah. like fake YouTube sites are putting out. Yeah. Um, you know, hearing people talk about legit stuff, you know, they're hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And they, they want to hear people and they want to be in that atmosphere where they can, you know, have a serious conversation about UFOs and not be ridiculed about it. Yeah. I had a very powerful moment when um, I was giving a talk in Rochester, New York, to a small UFO meetup group uh, hosted by Cookie Stringfellow, mm. the wonderful Cookie Stringfellow. Love Cookie. Who I know is probably listening to this. Cookie, thank you so much for all the work you do. Hi, Cookie. Sweetheart. Um, she is a sweetheart. She's great. So my parents came to this talk and I was very uh, hesitant to... They, they, they were never a part of that uh, aspect of my life. Okay. UFO research. Yeah. Um, or me talking about yeah. it in front of people. Uh, so I was really interested to see what they thought. And of course, they're my parents. They're supportive. Like, um, you know, when I got up there to talk, I saw my mom. You're like, that's my kid. That's my kid. Which is great and everything. Um, but... The information I brought forward and the conversation that took place after the talk, uh, I pulled my mom aside. We went out to dinner afterwards, and I said, so what did you think? And she's like, is this stuff for real? Wow. And it was was so, like, unlike her Mm. to just come out and say something like that. Usually she'd just be like, oh, you did great. Oh, Oh, it was wonderful. Like, you spoke so great. But she actually listened. She actually, like, took in the information, and she was genuinely concerned wow. about the information I brought forward. And that that was a pinnacle moment for me. Yeah, that I bet. Someone who never really thought about the topic, mm-hmm. happened to be a family member, and confided in me yeah. and said, is this real? Yeah. Like, do I really need to be concerned about this or think about this? Yeah. I said, if you want. Sure. I'm like, I'm just telling you what I've heard, right. what I've experienced, and what I've researched. Um, and I think you're right. It's not like, you know, we're not trying to convince people that UFOs are real. We're just saying this is the stuff that's going on. 
Um, if you want to look into it, cool. If you don't, it's yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's your kuleana, as they say in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always always my goal is to just you know present what we know, put it out there, and encourage people to do their own research. You know, because ultimately people have to make their own decisions. You know, they can pick and choose the the researchers they want to follow or you know believe information that's being put out there, but. That's not, not my job. I just want to kind of ignite that spark, you know, and send people on their way. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing we can do. And that's how you get people interested. And then hopefully uh, we get more researchers doing active research, which is fantastic. Out but there, yeah. It's so funny because I remember with uh, the UFO Congress, like for most of the years I was there, my grandparents, like out of the blue, like wanted tickets and I was oh, wow. all really you want to come to a UFO conference yeah it's gonna be pretty boring probably <laughs> uh, but no they were like all into it and they came like every year and I was all that's that's interesting yeah I never would have thought my grandparents would want to come to a UFO conference yeah. but they did I, my grandpa was super into it I think my grandma spent all her time in the casino but <laughs> As but she yeah no he was there and then my parents came out too and that was really funny because I think the first um, lecture they went to was Barbara Lamb, and they came out of it, and they're all, that was interesting, mm-hmm. hearing about alien penises and how we're alien hybrids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always tough. That's tough. Um, y- you you get a pretty broad spectrum at such a yeah. large UFO conference yeah. that's five days long. You know. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. You're going to hear everything from like ex-military to scientists. And again, I mean, UFO, UFO conferences aren't geared for the general public. You know, as much as you know, as organizers, we try to make things accessible to everybody and try to get things that the general general public will be, you know, able to to take in. Yeah, no, UFO conferences, you're going to have some pretty pretty deep stuff, pretty far down the rabbit hole type stuff that yeah. like if you're just coming into UFOs, you go, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> it it would be tough for someone who's just getting into the topic. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I that's another big concern is like you mentioned Secure Team 10 mm. or something like Ancient Aliens, which was I have to admit pretty awesome the first season sure um but how do you stretch a show into mm-hmm. 10 12 years yeah you start making shit up mm-hmm. you have to at that point and it's dealing just... with a lot of stuff that's not ancient history yeah. like it's so weird the stuff they cover now yeah but... anyways we could bash mm-hmm. on mr sucralose all we want mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah like you said for someone just getting into this topic uh it's tough you know there's so much garbage out there on the internet when it comes to ufos that like where do you turn where do you even start Mm. you know we were lucky to like have people to influence our research Mm. um who we trusted and who haven't gone that far down the rabbit hole where you know like they're just crazy at this point or delusional um well i I feel very fortunate for that i think eventually you know after you have the start i think you know we both reach the point, which I think is an important point to reach in your research, and that's the point where you no longer really care. And I know that sounds bad, but what I mean by that is not being beholden to anybody. Correct. Not feeling that you need to appease anybody. You're not worried about, to an extent, you're not worried about you know upsetting somebody because you don't agree with their views. 
um, you know, you're just doing your thing. And I think that's that's what you've got to do. You've got to be you. You've got to do what you're comfortable with. And you can't really worry about, you know, what others are going to think. Yeah. If you're you're being true to yourself, you're being a genuine researcher and doing what you feel is right, that's what you've got to do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it might not uh, win you a lot of friends, but... You know, we're not doing this to make friends. No, we've made friends. We but have that's made certainly friends. Not, yes. And that's another another thing uh, to keep in mind is that we all have our own reasons for mm-hmm. being into this topic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an altruism that we want to bring the truth to the public. Right. Uh, we want to know for ourselves. That's right. We, we, you've lived a different life than I have. Yeah. You know, you've lived a completely different life, different family, different relationships, everything. Um, but we have this one thing in common, yeah. and we can actually talk about mm-hmm. it to one another. Um, but, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, I have my own selfish reasons oh, yeah. for wanting to know the answers yeah, to Yeah, no, I, I have, have no qualms about admitting that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm doing this for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you like listening, too, but, uh, yeah, this is all about me. <laughs> Not really, but, yeah, no, it, it's totally selfish. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, Such human we, we wouldn't do this if, if we didn't, you know, have a genuine passion for it, a genuine personal interest. And if we didn't have that, we'd be big fat phonies. Right. Like, so, I mean, if there are people out there and you don't, you know, feel they have a genuine interest and passion in this topic, then I don't know why you're listening to them. Yeah. Like, because really, uh, you know, that, that says it all. That being said, I hope you'll all still listen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We're doing this for you too, guys. Yes, exactly. Well, I think that's about it, my man. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Cheers we to are, that. We're almost out of beer, so we should probably wrap up. Wrap but this up. We're going to go to the arcade. Yeah, we're going to go to the arcade and see if we can find some, some alien games. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Where can we find all about you? All my work can be found at somewhereintheskies.com. Oh, that's awesome. Didn't you write a book? I did. I wrote a book. It is called Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to an Alien Phenomenon. Uh, That's fantastic. See, your subtitle is so much shorter than mine, so it makes it (laughs) difficult for me to remember mine. Anytime I try to say the name of my book, I can't remember it. All right. Well, this has been great, man. I'm so happy we got to meet up in... the Big Apple. That's right. We're literally staring at Times Square right now. Yeah, it's kind of awesome. Phantom of the Opera. Yep. And, you know, I think we only heard a couple sirens, so that's weird for New yeah, York. Just, yeah, yeah, it's New York. Yeah. I, I called in a favor. told them we were recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that no one's banged on the door yet. That's right. These walls are paper thin. So. Yeah. They're probably interested, and they're probably going to look us up and listen to the podcast. What the hell are those two doing in there? The guys are talking about UFOs. <laughs> Scandalous. All right, guys. Well, that's it. And uh, we'll talk soon. We're going to go play some arcade games. It's arcade time. This episode was sponsored by UFO Beer. UFO UFO Beer. UFO Beer. That is it for this episode of Unknown. A big thank you to Ryan for hanging out with me in New York. Again, his website is somewhereintheskies.com. Check that out. If you haven't already, it would be a big help if you would go to iTunes to rate and review this show. And while you're there, it just so happens that my book... Only Weirdos See UFOs, An Introduction to the Public's Misperception of Unidentified Aerial Phenomena and Extraterrestrial Life, is available on Amazon. As always, I encourage you to give me feedback on the show. I want to hear what topics interest you. What things do you want to hear about on Unknown? 
shoot me an email at jason at rogueplanet.tv or send me a message on Twitter or Facebook. I'm acentric on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-C-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-C. And I'm the UFO Geek on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do me a favor, friends. Stay strange. Unknown is a Rogue Planet production. For more episodes and other related content, visit rogueplanet.tv.